Arkansas Row Crops Radio, providing up-to-date information and timely recommendations on row crop production in Arkansas. Welcome to Arkansas Row Crops Radio. I'm Jared Hardke, Rice Extension Agronomist for the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. Today on Rice and Advice, let's talk a little bit about fungicide timing. Uh, a lot of rice in the state, certainly we're getting uh, moving into heading uh, or, or already have been on some of the very earliest rice. Uh, a larger portion of the crop is just getting close to heading or just trying to start. We're a little bit delayed. It seemed like some of the earlier season weather kind of set the crop uh, off by you know a handful, five to seven days, even potentially with what happened with the cool spell, if you remember back around Memorial Day. So maybe tracking just slightly behind what you would expect or anticipate at this point, but we're still doing pretty well on track. But uh, really not to waste any time to kind of dive in, certainly one of the, the earliest questions coming in or has been coming in around is uh, has to do with fungicide applications to prevent kernel and false smut or just you know the smuts in general and really what we're after there you know taking kind of a checklist approach the first most important thing do you have a field history of kernel or false smut and in in some instances you know, you, you may or may not. Uh, there was certainly a period back around 2015 where we had a, a great deal of sooty mold on the outside of a lot of our rice. It wasn't actually kernel smut that's inside the kernel, but sooty mold that's uh, opportunistic fungi form on the outside. And so we had some black combines from that. And I know some guys, uh, you know, probably been spraying for the smuts just about ever since, you know, just from that problem. And, and really it, it may not be needed. Additionally, there, there have been a couple of years along the way here where we planted some very susceptible cultivars to false smut and had a little bit of that. It's extremely showy, typically not to levels that are that are truly detrimental and because of the way it you know forms and the way it can be removed in the milling process and the dry down process, it's not as detrimental, at least at this point, as, as kernel smut can be. So first thing, do you actually have a field history? That's the first checkbox. The next thing, certainly, have you planted a susceptible cultivar? Uh, certainly we're really worried about the VS or very susceptible cultivars and then somewhat the true S susceptible, anything that's probably MS uh, and that's about as high as we, we rate anything against this much but around MS. It's not that likely we're going to need an application. Uh, another checkbox, later planting dates, mid-May and beyond typically are going to have a, a tendency to be more prone to having the smuts and then using excessive nitrogen rates. So if we're pushing nitrogen rates, really trying to push yield over the top, those excess nitrogen rates, or if we've had to, feel like we've had to add to it given the year to try to push the crop along and make sure we have adequate amounts, we may be over fertilized. So really the more of those four factors that you can check, the more beneficial a fungicide application may be. That field history, susceptible cultivar, late planting date, and excessive uh, nitrogen or in rate. So really we're going, if we do check a lot of those boxes, we want to apply a minimum of six ounces per acre of tilt or equivalent. So, you know, that, that could be an application of Quilt XL, could be Amistar Top, which has a different, the Amistar Top has a different triazole in it. So we, we want to be in, uh, you know, the higher range of it, 14 ounces, say, for instance, uh, to, to try to get that rate up. But you know, uh, anyway, that equivalent to six ounces per acre of tilt is usually going to get the job done. Uh, the, the 
more severe history, potentially, you know, some, some even higher rates could be used. That timing is from mid-boot all the way into the early part of late boot. So as a visual in the field, when, that, when the flag leaf starts to be on its way out, it's still pointing straight up, still mostly the flag leaf, still mostly in the boot, starting to work its way out. That could, that's an easy visual for a good start of that window. And then once you're into late boot, that's when the flag leaf's all the way out and you can see the collar on it. Once you're just into late boot, maybe by a few days, it, by then we need to have the application out. When we get too close to the end of late boot, boot split for instance, to beginning heading, we don't have enough time to move that fungicide in the plant where it needs to go. So the goal with getting it out there early is to allow that, that fungicide to move systemically into the plant where we need it to give us the protection. So that's kind of the window of application and what we're after trying to time and control the smuts in this instance. Uh, there's always a lot of questions about should I throw in an insecticide with a, with a tilt application or again even some you know for after something else but at this kind of timing just prior to heading. The answer is no. Uh, research done by uh, Nick Bateman, Gus Lorenz is, has shown that that can have a tendency to flare rice stink bugs later. They're, they're typically not there in the field. If they are, they're on grasses. You know, we're going to knock out all the beneficial insects in that case and possibly increase the odds that we're going to have to spray again. The other question, usually more directed at hybrid cultivars, is what about putting in some kind of liquid nitrogen product to, to go along with the fungicide application. That way I can do away with that late boot urea shot. Then I don't have that extra trip and that, that urea cost. And we've written on this some in updates, but at the end of the day, there, there, there's just not enough nitrogen that we can get out in that foliar application to compete with the 30 pounds or 30 units of nitrogen we're getting out of that, that late boot urea application of 65 pounds to the acre, what we just can't get there. Even if you take a, a very large percentage nitrogen product, like a, like a UAN that's 32%, it's gonna be a 10, gallon, 10 pound per gallon product. So if you run a gallon bit, you're still only getting 3.2 pounds. It's not gonna be taken up with any more efficiency. Uh, our late boot, any type of mid-season or late boot timing application of urea is gonna be taken up with extremely high efficiency. So. A pound is a pound. We're getting we're getting 30 pounds out there with urea. We're not going to be able to get anywhere near that with a foliar application. And then if you try to get anywhere close by really running those those foliar end products up at at much higher rates, then you're going to be largely putting out straight liquid in, and you bring into play a lot of burn to those upper canopy leaves, the flag leaf, and and if any heads have begun to pop at all, you're going to burn and blank them too. So we generally want to try to avoid that as well. Shifting gears just a little bit to talk about sheath blight. Recent weather does seem to have sheath blight on the move. We've been pretty hot, very high humidity, pop-up showers. Uh, th that disease is on the move. We go back to kind of the checklist approach. Uh, susceptibility of the cultivar, uh, percent positive stops for sheath blight, the health of the upper three leaves in the canopy, and then excessive nitrogen rate or seeding rate and or seeding rate. So certainly the susceptibility of the cultivar, that's something we have ratings for you can look at. The percent positive stops is 
based on susceptibility of the cultivar. So you're looking at the threshold is 35% positive stops for sheath blight when you have a very susceptible or susceptible rated cultivar. 50% positive stops when you have a moderately susceptible rated cultivar. One key difference though, and you know, keeping these check boxes in mind is that just because you hit that threshold for percent stops, just because you can find sheath blight down there very low in the canopy at the waterline does not necessarily mean that there is economic value to a fungicide application to, at that time to go after sheath blight. We're worried about protecting those upper three leaves in the canopy and trying to get to 50% heading with the upper three canopy leaves clean. So when you get to 50% heading, you've got the flag leaf, flag leaf minus one and flag leaf minus two. If you make it to 50% heading and those three leaves are clean, then you've outrun yield loss. Now, there are other reasons to consider making a sheath blight application. If it looks like it's pretty aggressive, uh, even fairly late around that time, and that it may blow out the top late, you may not have direct yield loss, but we could be worried about increased lodging potential because we do have a lot of sheath blight, and it does look like it's going to blow out and take some of the rice down. Maybe a low rate application could have some value to, to protect us in the long run. But again, our goal is to outrun it and just avoid that application at all. Uh, if we're just talking about quadrus as an example or, or any equivalent containing uh, similar strobilurin, if you're applying quadrus, uh, 12 ounces is going to give you 28 days of suppression. 10 ounces will give you about 21 days of suppression or 8 ounces will give you about 14 days of suppression, again, of sheath blight. One last thing to touch on, uh, we're not growing very many blast susceptible cultivars uh, at this point in time. There, there aren't many out there, but uh, we do still have some, and so it's worth repeating again, trying to prevent uh, neck blast and panicle blast. Go back to those check boxes. Do you have a field history of blast? Grown a susceptible cultivar? Uh, a late planting date, May and later, that'd be half the crop this year. And then low water availability or irrigation capacity. Again, back to the, you know, the more box you can check, the more beneficial a fungicide application could be. And in this case, there's a couple of different directions to go. If you're dealing with a truly susceptible cultivar and have concerns, then it's a, a two application approach of a, again, a quadrus type product, uh, an azoxystrobin at this point where the first application needs to be targeted late boot to 10% heading and a follow-up application of, of a similar rate, 10 to 12 ounce rate, around 50 to 70% of the head out. Neck still in the boot, but 50% to 70% of the length of the head is already out. But again, neck still in the boot. That, that'd be the two application approach uh, really needed for those most severe situations where we feel like we're most at risk. For other cultivars that, that maybe have minimal susceptibility or the situation's otherwise great, it's planted earlier, uh, not really any history, irrigation's pretty good, but we want to take a conservative approach and make an application. If you want to do that and try a single fungicide application approach, then you're going to be trying to basically split the difference between the two-shot approach. So around there, roughly when... Uh, 30 to 50 percent of, of the heads on the primary tillers are, are out of the boot but the necks are still in the boot 
make that one application. Again, 10 to 12 ounces quadrature equivalent. That's going to kind of get us where we need to be. So that's kind of a, a really brief rundown on our fungicide timings for, for three of our major diseases out there. Again, just kind of going back to that, that checkbox approach and kind of what we can do to uh, make it a little simpler, uh, kind of that additive. The more boxes you check, the more likely you're going to get a benefit out of that fungicide application. So uh, we certainly have, we hope we have a, a good finish to the season. It, it's pretty hot out there at this point in time. So uh, again, irrigation and keeping flood levels up a concern and otherwise management and certain there's also a lot going on in the insect world uh, to, to get into as well, but uh, we'll, we'll leave that to the bug guys. So if you have any questions, feel free to reach out to myself or Dr. Yeshi Wamishi, our extension plant pathologist, to discuss more about fungicide options or timings, exactly what we're after there, but uh, hopefully this has been a nice little overview uh, that you can use on the farm. So thanks once again for joining us on this episode of Rice and Advice on Arkansas Row Crops Radio. Have a rice day. Arkansas Row Crops Radio is a production of the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. For more information, please contact your local county extension agent or visit uaex.uada.edu.